It is Matt from the Man Cave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. What's your daily devotion for February the 22nd? Hey, today we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 9, and it is a story about the great prophet of God, Elisha. Listen to this story. I love this. This is so funny. God's sense of humor. Friends, here's the thing. God never winks at sin and laughs at sin, but God does have a sense of humor. It says this, the man of God, that's how it's referring to Elisha, the man of God. Love it. Greatest title in the world for him, okay? The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because of the Arameans are going down there. And let me t- just let me fast forward. <laughs> fast forward for you, okay? Elisha is warning the king of Israel about, okay, the king of Aram, okay, and the Arameans because they want to destroy Israel. And so he, Elisha keeps on saying, King, they're, they're trying to set a trap for you here. Don't go this way. And you know, oftentimes the king was kind of, king of, listen very carefully, the king of Israel was kind of skeptical. Sometimes the king would say, He'd send messengers out to see if what Elisha, the man of God, was really, if he's telling the truth or putting them together. And here's the thing, every time the man of God was telling the word of God, okay? And so what ends up happening, this happens not more once, twice, or three times, but a ton of times. So much so that the king of Aram, he goes like this, he says, who in my kingdom is the traitor? I mean, he's so angry, this king of the Arameans, he's just going nuts. He's like, if I go there, they know I'm coming. If I go there they know I'm coming. What's going on? Who is it? Who's the traitor? He's so angry. And you know what they finally tell him? King, there's no traitor here. It's Elisha, the man of God. He knows what you dream about in your dreams. He knows every word that proceeds out of your mouth. And so you know what this king does? He hear, listen to what he just heard. This is a man of God. He knows what you dream about. He knows every word that you speak in your secret time. Shh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows but God. <laughs> I love that. Okay, and so this king, after hearing that, would a, it's a V8 moment. I would think he would think, we don't want to mess with Israel. Because if God can do that, he knows what I'm speaking. He knows where I'm going and doing this. We don't want to mess with that cat. We don't want to mess with Israel. But what does he say? This is the funniest thing to me, this story. He says, let's go trap him. Well, how are you going to trap the man of God if he already knows you're coming, okay? And so he says, hey, let's send a party out. We're going to sneak. We know where he is. He's over here, okay? And so we're going to pick up in verse 15, okay? So while Elisha is dreaming, having a good night's sleep, his servant's over in the tent next to him, in the same tent but over across the tent, He's just enjoying the privileges of being a, a, a child of the living God. The peace that surpasses all understanding, a nice meal, a good, good night's sleep. Peace, uh, just basking in it, okay? But in verse 15, here's what happens, okay? When the servant of the man of God got up that morning and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and, and chariots had surrounded the city where Elisha and the man of God were. And listen to, the, listen to this. I always like this. Here's the servant. This is what the servant says. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Oh, what are we going to do? They're everywhere. Ah, ah. Do you think Elisha, for like even this amount of time, was worried? No. Friends, when you understand how much God loves you, cherishes you, what He gave for you, and it really gets from here to down here, fear's gone. Do you understand that? So Elisha says this. Oh, I love it. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
And you know what Elisha does? It's one of the most remarkable things, I think, in the whole Bible. Elisha doesn't pray, Lord, I need you to destroy all these people. Or, Lord, I need you to send an army and protect us. You know what he says? He says this, I pray that you would open up my servant's eyes and show him what I already know. Watch this. He says, I pray that you would open his eyes. So the, the servant of God opens his eyes. And what does he see? Good grief. Everywhere are angels with their swords drawn and chariots of fire. Meaning, here's the thing. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. With the Armenians and the king of Aram, okay? It is so totally awesome. Friends, do you know the same thing is true in your life? It isn't a matter of them against us. Friends, it's never like that. Oh, they're against me, so I'm against them. It's never like that. It's those who are with me are more than those who are with them, okay? Who's on your side? Friends, I'm here to tell you something that might just make the light bulb go off in your head, okay? If you've asked Jesus Christ to be Lord, Savior, Master, owner of your life, you've sold out to Him that you're born again, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and you are a follower of Christ, picking up your cross daily, meaning I'm trying to describe what it means to be saved, because nowadays you have to describe it, okay? Because everybody's saved, okay? I mean, if you read the, the newspaper and the obituary, everyone dies and goes to heaven, okay? So I'm describing what it means to be saved. If you have a person relationship with Jesus Christ and you belong to him, here's the thing. God is on your side. If God be for me, who can be against me? Friends, I'd rather have the Lord standing here, which he is, okay, and have 10,000 people out there and just have the Lord, okay? Because if God be for me, who can be against me? Friends, realize the strength of God. I think a lot of people, they think about Jesus in the manger. They, they, they like to go to the Christmas service and they see the little Jesus, baby Jesus in the manger. That's all cute. Sometimes we, we imagine Jesus with his prophets. And I can imagine Jesus and Peter cutting it up. You know, really, I really can't. I, I think that's a hoot. I can imagine Jesus, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, picking up that woman that was caught in adultery and looking her in the eyes and saying this, go and sin no more. I, 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 sometimes I imagine Jesus dying on the cross with my sins. My sins were placed on the cross. He gave me his righteousness. You know, come Easter time, I, I, I oftentimes preach about the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's in the tomb for three days, but boy, he's glorious and victorious, isn't he? Okay, he rises. But do you know what? Very carefully, I want you to understand this principle. Jesus isn't any of those things anymore. Jesus now is in full armor with his sword drawn, and he stands on the right-hand side of the Father. Jesus is a warrior like no other warrior. He is strong and he's undefeated. Nobody can defeat King Jesus, okay? He's Lord of Lords and he's King of Kings. And here's the thing, if he be with me, I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be scared. It is God who is a conqueror. And if he lives inside me, imagine that. You're a child of the living God. For one moment, do you think God's going to allow anything to happen to you ever? So verse 17 is saying, uh, you know, Lord, open my servant's eyes that he can see. That he can see what I already know is taking place out there, okay? And the hills are full of chariots of fire and the angels, okay? Uh, Elisha's safe as a bug in a rug, okay? Nothing's going to take the God's man out. Nothing, okay? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's what Isaiah 54 says. It says that my enemies will fall to the left and to the right of me, okay? That God created the, 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 the smith who makes the weapons, okay? God is in control. Uh, he is sovereign, okay? No purpose or plan of God's can be thwarted, can be stopped in your life or in my life, okay? And it's such a wonderful thing. So these people, they draw close. This army draws close to his tent. And then Elisha says, you know, his first prayer was, Lord, allow my servant's eyes to be open. But now he says, Lord, allow this army's eyes to be closed. And that's just what has happened. Spiritualized. 
is, okay? And so what he says is, he says, hey, 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 who are you looking for? You know, Elisha walks up on the scene, you know, mighty man of God, having that personal relationship with God Almighty, obedient servant of the Most High God. The text says he was a man of God. Very important, that text. And he says, who are you looking for? He says, what? we're looking for this guy named Elisha. He goes, follow me. He's not here. <laughs> really, they weren't looking for Elisha. Think about it, because a lot of people, they, they, they badmouth Elisha for this. Who are they really? What's in their heart of hearts? Who are they really looking for? They want the king of Israel. They want to destroy Israel. So that's who they're looking for. It's just that Elisha is stopping them, okay, from doing that. And why is that? Because God speaks to his people. Friends, I want to share this principle with you. When you're in right relationship with God, do you know God's no respecter of persons? That he will speak to you the exact same way that he spoke to Elisha. And that he spoke to Elijah, that he spoke to Jeremiah, that he spoke to Ezekiel, that he spoke to Moses. He will speak the exact same way. And why is that? Because here's the thing. You're coming to God through Christ, and you have the Spirit of the living God sealing you as a Christian, okay? Oftentimes, God is speaking, but we can't hear him because we have sin in our life, okay? But God, here's the thing. How many times has he warned me in such a way, just like Elisha? And, and a lot of people, they read the story and they think, well, God doesn't do that. That's Old Testament times. Are you kidding me? Get your act straight. Understand the reason these stories are there is for you to draw from them, to glean from them, okay, and call out to God. God is your source. Friends, realize this, that God is always your source. You may have many resources to protect you, but it is ultimately God who sustains us. It isn't a gun. It isn't bars on a window. It isn't a door prop. It isn't any of those things. And I know a lot of you are weapon to the teeth, you know what I mean, in your house. And that's good because those are resources that God may choose to use to protect you. But ultimately, realize this, that our, our, our lives are in God's hands, okay? And no one and nothing, okay, in this life or in another spirit spiritual realm can touch you unless God gives permission. That's just the just of it, okay? And so these, these, this army is blinded. You know where Elisha does? He marches them right into the heart of Israel, okay? Now, the king of Israel, because he's wicked, he's not living for the Lord, okay? It was such grace and mercy for God to give him the benefit of a special word from Elijah, but he's not no super king and living his life for the Lord, okay? And the king of Israel says this, let's slaughter him now, baby! Let's Let's kill every one of them, right? Right? Don't you think so, Elisha? And Elisha says, what, what are you thinking? Are you crazy? Elisha says this, be kind to them. Give them water. Give them some food. Fill them up. Do you know what the text says this? That the band of raiders never, ever entered Israel again because of the kindness. Friends, we can always choose. Listen, I want you to hear this very carefully. There is a time in our lives that here's a thing. Unfortunately, we have to defend ourselves sometimes. God may say, hey, you need to do this. You need to take these steps, okay? But oftentimes, it's not like that. Oftentimes, God is looking at our response. Will we forgive? Will we forget? Will we turn the other cheek? Will we do what Jesus would do, okay? And I'm not talking about you being a doormat, and I'm not talking about someone clobbering you over the head with a club. That's not what I'm talking about here. It's when it's in your power to be kind and be loving. Who is my neighbor? We all know that devotion, okay? Who is my neighbor? And friends, everyone out here is my neighbor. And until someone, well, listen, I try to be kind to every last person that I can be kind to until they give me a good reason not to. And then I seek counsel from the Lord, okay? And say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And here's the thing. That's between them and God, okay? Not me Friends, and God is so generous in who he is as our 
our creator, sustainer, and the person who loves us more than anyone, okay? And our personal savior, okay? He is so giving, so loving. And if here's the thing, if you burn up all of that, Meaning this, you stomp grace down and stomp mercy down and stomp unforgiveness down, okay? Trample the cross, okay? You're able to do it, but realize this, it took an awful lot, okay, to do it. But in the end, you're the loser, okay? You want to turn the other cheek. You want to be kind and loving and considerate to others. You want to do all you can in your strength through Christ. And I know a lot of times, a lot of us are stressed. A lot of us are dealing with people who are reprobates, that are lost. And here's the thing. God would say, still be who you are in me. Okay? Be a Christian. Okay? I'm living in you. Do the right thing up until it's time for God to take action. And here's the thing. Only God knows when that time is. And He will take action. Friends, there's a story about one... Look at One angel in the Bible killing 185,000 Assyrians. Okay, why? Because they burned up grace. They burned it up, meaning this, they were taunting the living God. See, there comes a time when God will just call this quick people onto the carpet. See, a lot of times people are living under God, what I call his long suffering, and they're playing games with God, like you were playing checkers with your son, okay? But they don't realize that God doesn't play games. That the reason that they've existed so long in their sin, okay, and the rebellion is because of God's mercy and his grace and his long suffering and his patience. But when that ends, friends, listen to me, especially if you're in rebellion to God, okay? Once that ends, it's over. God immediately acts, and he won't even let you repent meaning the time is up. Once he gets to that point where the long suffering is ended, the cup is filled, okay, you're gone. You're toasted. It's, it, there's no more chit-chatting. It's not like, oh, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. It's too late. It's too late. And a lot of people that I know find themselves exactly in that spot that I'm talking about. You don't want to go there. You don't want to be part of that. I want you to forgive and forget. I don't want you to be bitter. Bitterness, you know what bitterness is? It's revenge that has not been taken place yet. That's what bitterness means, meaning this. I have not been able to execute revenge on someone or something that needs, that I'm mad at, okay? No, God would have you to forgive. And he even says this, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. If you're bitter, it talks about a bitter root destroying you from the inside out. You don't want to be a part of that, okay? You don't want to be like either of these kings. You know who you want to be like? You want to be like Elisha. You want this title. Listen to this. The man of God. Wouldn't you like someone to say they forgot your name? You know that guy in the classroom 23B? The man Friends, of God. wouldn't it be funny if people that couldn't remember your first name considered you the man of God, the person who loved the Lord, the person who was living in righteousness, the person who had a life who was holy before Almighty God, like you were likened unto a Daniel or likened unto a Job in chapter 1. It says, God is talking to Satan. He says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him, a man of integrity. He's blameless. He's upright. He runs from evil. Wouldn't you like those titles? Then choose that every day for yourself. Make the decisions. Make the choices okay, that sets you in that direction of being in righteousness and living in holiness, okay, like Elisha, like Elijah. Friends, we have to realize those two cats weren't perfect, okay, you know what I'm saying, they were likened unto you, that's what the book of James says, it's just that they were likened unto David as well, meaning this, when they sinned, they repented quickly of it, and they got right with God, okay, God is protecting you, again, remember this, who's for you, 
Ask that question. When you're going through tough times, when you're going through the storms, when you're going through hard times, when you're having a difficult day, who is for you? It is God. It is Almighty God that is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Pray for that wisdom. Pray for discernment. Listen to His holy voice, okay? He will direct your steps. He will tell you what to do in every different situation all through life. Don't go it alone. I can't believe how many people are going it alone. And friends, here's the warning that's in the text, and we'll end here, okay? Listen, Elisha is the man of God, but right next to Elisha, three foot over is another guy, his servant, okay, that's laying there, okay? He, look how close he was in perimeter or proximity to the man of God. I mean, he was walking with him every day. He was listening to him, but yet he's still living carnally. His eyes are closed. His ears are dull. And why See, is his that? servant, he could hear Elisha, and he understood parts of it up here, but it never got from here to down here into his heart, where he was living it out by faith and trusting God and walking. It is impossible to please God without faith, okay? And so what does God do? He puts us in situations that are always exercising our what? Our faith. He's wanting us to trust him, okay? With what? With everything. With our lives, with our children, with our families, with our job, with our finances, okay? With the car repairs, okay? With this new neighbor that just moved in. Everything in your life, God wants you to trust him. He wants you to rely on him. That's why we go. always are going back to the Garden of Eden. What was the original plan? That God could be with his creation and fellowship with his creation, okay? Relying on God. Do you rely on God? Are you trusting God? Is He the most important part of your life? Is He, is he number one? Do you love Him with everything? Or is He just, I'm in trouble now, I need to call Friends, out Friends, let me ask him. you this are question. You... Who are you more like in the story? Are, 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 are you Elisha, the man of God? Or, or are you the servant that has an intellectual knowledge, meaning you go to church, you have an intellectual knowledge of God? Or maybe... You're the king, king of Aram. Me, even though you've seen the power of God, that you're still doing stupid stuff against God, meaning you're fighting God. Or maybe you're one of Aram's, okay? Maybe you're one of his soldiers going to get the man of God. I, I'm, I'm wondering, who are you, okay? Because the only winner in the story is God and Elisha. That's it, okay? <laughs> That's the winner. And here's the thing, if you're on the winning well, friends, team, friends, anytime the Bible God. talks about Elijah and Elijah, man, my ears perk up. I love these two guys. You know why? Because they were real and they were living it out. And yeah, they had hard times, but they pushed through. They persevered in Christ through God, okay? They knew they could do all things through him, even though they didn't have that verse yet. They were living it out, okay? Hey, this is Matt. Hope this helped you out. From the man cave.